0: Hello there. How are you? Welcome along to the podcast, Sport and Life. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to the sponsors as ever as well. Bang Nolofsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installation. Check out Bang Officer of Cheltenham website, BNO underscore Cheltenham on Twitter, and Instagram, Jason Briggs and his team, get in touch with them through Serene AV, can source you whatever equipment you're looking for, not just the wonderful Bangor Olufsen stash, but a bespoke solution based on your vision and your budget versus uh, home entertainment, whatever it may be. Uh, so check out Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham. Thank you to them for the support. Thank you also to Cytoplan, ongoing association with the podcast. Now Cytoplan is a food-based supplement company And their HQ is not far from here in the beautiful village of Hanley Swan in Worcestershire. Uh, I'm speaking from Cheltenham, by the way, in the west of England, in case you're new to the podcast. But my father has worked as a consultant for Cytoplan. my father being Dr. Mark Draper, general practitioner, but also micronutritionist who's lectured and helped consult on the constituents of some of the, the vitamins, the multivitamins, vitamins, you may say, in particular for Cytoplan. And big fans of the foundation formula and Immune Complete in terms of holistic uh, sort of, I guess, filling the gap in terms of our health outlook, our nutrition outlook. And those, uh, those supplements, Immune Complete and the foundation formulas contain things like vitamin D3, which is good because it's still cloudy and rainy at the moment, even though it's July in England. And they have the vitamin C, vitamin B12, B6, and the trace elements, which my father has particularly been interested in in terms of selenium and zinc which he believes and judging by the data he is supported in this that the soil in the UK since industrial agriculture has been depleted in those micronutrients and a lot of us uh, sort of have type 2 malnutrition possibly because of the processed food we eat but also largely even if you eat healthily on paper because of uh, what's in the soil what's going into the plants and the animals in this country maybe different picture where you are but if you would like to optimize your immunity all the specific supplements available as well whatever you're looking to top up might be vitamin c at the moment whatever it may be you can head to cytoplan.co.uk c y t o p l a n.co.uk and there's a 30% discount initially with the podcast 10% ongoing with the code draper10r My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, numerals one, zero, and the capital letter R. almost forgot how to uh, spell my name there, which isn't a good start to the day. Hopefully, it'll be a good day. It is uh, Tuesday, July the 6th at the time of recording this introduction. Great podcast coming up. Real effervescent, enthusiastic colleague of mine. Big, big football fan, but a journalist as well. Tom White of Sky Sports, who I work with, have been grateful to work with for a, a long time and, and calling my friend as well. Great guy, full of passion and verve for the sport still. Like me, we're going to talk here with him about the Euros. Like me is, I suppose, his football sense of the professional game, the the game beyond kicking a ball around with your friends was sort of, I guess, came to life in Italian 90s, a couple of years, nearly a couple of years younger than me, but he's very much um Still kind of passionate about it. and It was burgeoning for him in Italian 90 when England got close. 96 at the Euros as well. But could this be the year that England win a major tournament for the first time since 1966? We shall see. Great to speak to Tom. He's been at Wembley building up for Sky Sports News and spoke to me from there. I really appreciate his time. He's a Sunderland fan as well. Looking forward to Cheltenham Town, my local club against Sunderland. We're going to go next year in February. But here he is, the one and only Tom White. Tom White Media, live from Wembley. As live, I suppose, because this is is recorded. How are you, sir?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Ed. Really, really looking forward to the semis.
0: Yeah, Tuesday, 9.30. I mean, this is kind of the sort of day when we can just enjoy it, isn't it? Because you've got two juggernauts in Italy and Spain going head-to-head. But there's not that sort of, I guess, stomach-clenching anxiety (laughs) that we'll have with England tomorrow night. Yeah, exactly.
1: This, This is the day where we can really enjoy the build up we can enjoy tonight's game at this time tomorrow i'll be i'll be uh i'll be arriving at work about the same time tomorrow and it will feel very very different there there will definitely there'll be more excitement tomorrow yeah. than there is now but there will definitely be nerves
0: yeah, I'm very envious of you being at Wembley, actually speaking to a Danish dad at work. He's, uh, his daughter's obviously half Danish, but he's got tickets through the Danish FA. So he's going tomorrow night. So that was at the school gates yesterday talking about that. So people are getting uh, really pumped up. But it's um, it's an int- it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you were, you were, I think you posted some pictures saying, you know, you just can't stop smiling because of the football. But for those of us, and I know I think you can remember Italia 90 as well. All the sort of ups and downs and turmoil. It's been remarkably smooth for England so far, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, Italian ninety is when I got into football. Um, because yeah. my parents would let me stay up to watch the games because that's back then. I didn't realize that. I mean, that was like really amazing what was going on. It was to me. It was just all oh, right. Yeah. Actually, I decided I quite like football. <laughs> and my, you know, my first footballing heroes were from that squad. Yeah. So, and it was. Italian 90 had that feel about it for, for everybody like people older than us mm. had that feeling where the nation got together and there was there was um you know political things behind that as well wasn't there things were getting a little bit better for the country after a really really tough time but for football fans that is sorry mm. um, and then there was that feel about euro 96 uh, as well where it was the same but but you're right again in that in 1990 I mean we drew against Ireland yeah we uh, drew against the Netherlands, despite having two disallowed goals, mm. needing needing to beat Egypt to go through, <laughs> yeah. which we only only scraped through one nil. Yeah, the, the the there was the the Belgium game, which was the last minute of stoppage of, of extra time. There was Cameroon, where they just at one which stage mean, like, they, yeah. were, they were they were blowing us away, mm. and we went no no game was easy. Everything went to the wire, and then of course.
0: West Germany you know
1: heartbreakingly lost in the semi-finals on penalties to West Germany so you're right this has been a lot more calm than it was back then but again we could still go out at the same
0: stage we could, we could. it feels it feels like it is bringing the nation together again it's been such a difficult year or so do you do you feel that I mean it was great to have Scotland and Wales there. Was, you know, there was a sort of a pathway where this could be Wales England tomorrow night which would be awesome at Webby obviously it hasn't been, but it feels like with the the whole of Britain's been on board, and particularly f- for England, and just having fans in the stadiums as well has been uplifting. We've been very lucky as sports broadcasters to work throughout pretty much since last June. But actually, it's it's a different phenomenon, isn't it, when fans are there for us to to commentate on, on and to report on, and for for people just to watch. I think at home it's a different thing.
1: Sometimes the sort of some of the favourite months of my life have been when England. Have done well at major tournaments. So, mm. 19, 1990 semifinals, 1996 when I was a bit older and understood it a little bit more, yeah. semifinals, and then went along. We, you know, we kept getting the quarterfinals under Spengler and Eriksson, but that was never, that was always kind of minimum requirement as opposed to like mm. euphoria around the country. Yeah, but in, the, in 2018, because our expectations were quite low, we had a manager who was quite reluctant to take the job in the first place. It was strange circumstances how he got it. Um, there was a feeling that the squad wasn't that good. And then we get to the semifinals and were devastated that we hadn't gone on to win it.
0: Mm.
1: Despite despite low expectations, um, we, we felt that actually from there, the expectations heightened and we should have have gone on to win it. But again, the whole nation was together. This time, it's not just about football. Mm. It seems like in this country anyway or in the uk and ireland i should say the um the 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 terrible time that everybody's had with coronavirus and people have lost loved ones people have been locked up people have um of of struggled in so many ways for for me the struggle with 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 mental health is a real big one for for me as you know the Mm. people have struggled financially um and again losing loved ones that's the worst one as well. People have actually seen loved ones pass away because of the the virus over the last year and a half or so. And if you look at the way this tournament has gone, it started with like 25% capacity Mm. in England. Then it went to 50% capacity. Um, For the semis and final, it's 75% capacity. And it's as though we've seen everything just get better and better yeah. because as those attendances go up that means that the the vaccines are going up obviously it means that the vaccines are working mm. and we might be finally coming to an end of this horrific time that everybody has had and if we can win the euros which we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves like I did in 2018 which I'll tell you about in a minute <laughs> but we if, if we can win it, and then so-called Freedom Day is only eight, eight days, days later. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I mean, it it will be like this amazing crescendo to the end of a very very dreadful time. It won't make us. It won't make us forget the horrible time we've had. It won't make us forget the loved ones that we've lost. It won't make us uh, forget the hardships that we've been through. But it would be a great way to end it, and what a celebration Mm. that there would be, but when I said I'm not going to get ahead of myself, I'll tell you why I say that Yeah, tell us, go on In 2018, so we got to the semi-finals and now the final was going to be on the 5th, well it was on the 15th of July which is my birthday so when we got to I didn't think about it until we beat Sweden in the quarter-finals, we got to the semi-finals and I thought, right, Croatia we can beat them I'm going to organise a big party for my birthday, watching the football. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, 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 I'll book somewhere with loads of spaces so we can all watch the World Cup final on my birthday and win or lose, we'll have a great day because it's my birthday. Yeah. And then we lost to Croatia.
0: <laughs> After leading and... for so long
1: as well. That was the agonising oh, yeah. So I, went, I still went out on my birthday, but I didn't really, I was a bit down about it, so I didn't really organise much. All the pubs were empty. Mm. Whereas they would have been, you know, the streets would have been, this was before coronavirus, the streets would have been just full of people. There were big screens going up. Every town or city seemed to have like big screens and fan parks yeah. to watch the game. And it just would have been the best birthday ever. And then we fluffed it against Croatia. So I am I'm, I'm planning absolutely nothing for Sunday <laughs>
0: <laughs> because
1: cause, cause I feel like I ruined it last time.
0: Well, this birthday could be special though, as well, like you say, if England won the, the Euros and, and, then, and then you get liberated as well. You have to wait a few days, but then you can kind of uh, enjoy your celebrations full on. It's funny how you chart your life, as you, you say, through those those key summers and moments of being an England fan. Despite, I know you're a, a proud Sunderland fan and I've always supported Manchester United since boyhood, but it's those England summers, I remember 90, I was, I turned, I think, nine during the tournament i remember my mum saying to me similar to you so i'd lived out of the country so i'd always played football but never quite been sort of um enraptured by the, the sort of professional game and had the heroes until that point my mum saying to me don't cry if they lose when we we're playing west germany of course i did and then euro 96 i remember we had my friends around we got our na- my nan to buy us a crate of beer because i guess we were still <laughs> too young so my parents were away and, and she got some beers and we sat around and watched that and then it was sort of heartache after losing to germany again on on penalties but it's and then 98 i'd sort of got into a bar and you, or you can chart your sort of um adolescence and youth and growing up through the the football tournaments but i suppose for young people it does seem remarkably smooth but what a the win over germany as well for me i know that Muller had that big chance but two nil tom that felt just so simple didn't it in, in a way that if you didn't know the history you wouldn't believe how strange that feels for for older fans
1: no. Well, I mean, I was, I was an absolute bag of nerves throughout that game. And I, I purposely watched that game at home. I didn't want to go to a pub for that one because mm. when you go to a pub, inevitably you are talking to people and you might not be fully concentrated on the game. Now, you know how, how much I love football and I love the tactics. I love everything. And I, I wanted to really concentrate on that game. Mm. So, um, so I, I purposely watched that at home for that reason, but I was pacing up and down and, <laughs> I felt we'd had this really good spell and hadn't taken advantage in the first half. And I thought, well, this is typical. You know, being a Sunderland fan, obviously, <laughs> I started thinking, well, that's it. We've ruined our chance. We've, 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 we've thrown it away. We've, um, we've, we've, we've chucked it. And then Sterling scored. And then we got, I think this is the first bit of luck that we've had in this tournament, actually. And we've done really well without being lucky. Mm, it's true, and because I think we, I think we were lucky in in 1996. I, I do think we were lucky against Scotland with the with McAllister's penalty.
0: Yeah. In this one,
1: I don't think there's been any luck yet, and it, with the exception of when, I mean, Thomas Muller, he's never missed that. He's never missed no. a chance like that before. I don't know how, and even when he hit it, he just he waiting for well. the net to bulge. Yeah, he hit yeah. it quite well. Yeah, you're waiting for the net to bulge, um, and. And and he put it wide, and I couldn't believe. it. I mean, the relief because I thought, well, mm-hmm. if they score that, we you know, we won't, we won't come back.
0: It, it almost skipped. It was disappoint skipped off the turf, didn't it? And went further wide. If you looked at it, it was a straight. It, the shot was almost kind of faded away in, in a way that I suppose we're used to England shots fading away in the semis in '90 90 and '96. You know, the kind of yeah, well, outstretched the gas, or Gascoigne outstretched in '96. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, what, uh, Chris Waddle hit the post in 1990, didn't he? Yes, at one uh, or at, at Chris Waddle hit the post. I think they might have hit the post as well, though. So I suppose that even itself out. But I think that's the only bit of luck we've had in the, in the tournament. And then when Kane scored, mm. I never felt in, in danger. If, when they, if Sunderland go 2-0 up, even if there's a minute to go, I think we're going to concede three times. But I felt really comfortable. Once we went 2-0 up against Germany, I felt very comfortable that we'd won the game.
0: What, what do you think of the Denmark game? Because that seems quite a challenge, doesn't it? They've actually got some pretty good players when you look closer at it, particularly Hoiberg and, and Delaney in midfield. And, and I like the look of Kasper Dolberg. He's a he's kind of player that, that is sort of looking to prove something, it seems. Yeah, well, Dahlberg has
1: always been, he's been seen as kind of like a wonder kid that hasn't mm. quite stepped up to the very, very top level. This might be the moment where the, the top level clubs think, you know what, I might just take a chance on him. Yeah. Um, he is. He has done really well. I think our. What I worry about against Denmark is I worry about us conceding our first goal of the tournament mm. and that being them going 1 0 up. Yeah. And us.
0: Be a challenge, won't it? Not,
1: yeah, because we haven't been in that position before. And I, and I I do worry that that might happen, that they, they might go 1 0 up. And we don't come back from it. Now, I hope that's not the case, mm. but that, that is my biggest worry. So I, I I could see I could see Denmark winning it 1-0 at the same time, unlike, unlike against Croatia in the semifinals three years ago of the World Cup. Yeah. If we if we score first, I think our confidence is so high that we'll go on to win. So I guess what I'm saying is I think whoever scores the first goal is going to win.
0: I like it. Yeah, I can see that theory because we are very solid, but I suppose it'd be difficult chasing the game, wouldn't it, for England? It'd be a completely different thing. And, and Denmark got that good record against England from the Nations League, which it seems like years ago, doesn't it, because of the, the way that the lockdown has played habit with our minds. But that was only, what, 10 months ago or so? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah,
1: true. I th- yeah, I think... Um, and then again, having, having said that, the, the one thing which will make me not feel the game is over if Denmark score first is we do have, like... like quality attacking players and he can take off a take off a a more defensive midfielder and put a more attacking one on or a another forward. Um, And we have the players to do it. It's just, you know, can can we break Denmark down who have after a really poor start an understandably poor start in the tournament, because my word, how they even, how Mm. they even came back on at the pitch, in that opening game, after what happened to Christian Eriksen, I will never know. Um, and I think it's amazing that they've got this far. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 if they were to go on, if we were to lose to, if we were to get knocked out to anyone, I think we would probably accept it being Denmark just because of the the the, the horrendous time that they had in the at the start of the tournament with Christian Eriksen. Yeah. He kind of wouldn't resent them that, um, but. At the same time, I think as that they've they've I mean, on the pitch they've really turned it around, come together and been playing really really well, and starting to look very very solid. Hmm. So, if if we are chasing the game, you know they they, they have got the um, the mentality to see it out.
0: They have. Yeah, it was really tight, actually, in the Nations League games. One goal in the two games, uh, across the two games. I think it was Christine Erickson penalty, actually, that divided the teams. It's funny you mention the, the potential. Dolberg, I think, plays at Nice now, was, was at Ajax before. As you say, maybe hasn't lived up to quite the sort of excitement around him. We saw Patrick Schick at the, the Czech Republic. And we think back to Denmark on that fairy tale story of winning the, the Euros in '92. And John Jensen, and it always tickles me that he was signed by Arsenal as an attacking midfielder after scoring the goal in the final against against Germany. It turns out he wasn't. That was kind of an aberration. He wasn't typically up scoring goals, as Arsenal fans found out. And then Euro 96 as a Man United fan, we signed Karol Paborski yeah. from the Czech Republic. And I suppose the Czech Republic had Patrick Schick as well as another player scored a lot of goals in the tournament but hasn't maybe lived up to his expectations I think it was at Juventus before now he's playing at Leverkusen in in Germany but do you think because you your other hat of Sky before I know you've got to go to at work but the um the transfer show coming up on Sky we hope the transfer coverage you've been a big part of do you think that's those days are gone now where someone bedazzles in a tournament and then gets signed up do you think that scouts are a little bit more hesitant now maybe managers and, and agents are a little bit more hesitant what's your take on that yeah. They definitely are, but that John
1: Jensen one's brilliant because he he yeah, like you say, he was signed as an attacking midfielder. And it took him ages to get his first... I remember it was a really good goal against QPR, it was his first mm. goal for Arsenal, first league goal. And I'm not sure if he scored any more. Like he was it was <laughs> um it was a big kind of joke. Oh, John Jensen might even score today. And he and he did eventually score. Um and Paborski, I mean, that goal he scored at Euro ninety-six, where he kind of it wasn't a chip or a lob he mm. he flicked it it flicked it up over the uh, goalkeeper didn't he yeah um mm. and and got his move to manchester united on the back of it but i think you are absolutely right scouts scouts um, scouting systems are so far advanced now from those days mm. they will go all around they will watch a player for they might have they might have watched a player for 18 months two years before they actually bite the bullet and sign them so a good a, a good month to six weeks at a major tournament may not have quite the same impact as it used to have because yeah. the chances are the scouts have seen these plays a million times before anyway. Um Patrick Schick though, is someone who I have really, I've liked him for a long time because yeah. he's, he. I see Patrick Schick, very similar type of striker to Harry Kane, um, but he's left footed.
0: But Suka, uh, devil Suka maybe a little
1: bit like that. Yeah. 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 That's a good comparison because he was left-footed as well, and and I and Patrick Schick is is still I think he might only be about twenty-four. Yeah. So I I think um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Patrick Schick uh, get a move. And actually, I think that if Harry Kane does leave Tottenham, mm. uh, which is a bit up in the air at the moment, I think Patrick Schick might be a good replacement now um, because he's coming from a German club. They. German clubs are well-run. They can still ask for a big transfer fee. But with Kasper Dahlberg uh, coming from uh, France, he'd be dirt cheap. Mm. So I think people might take a chance on him because I don't think they'll com- he'll command a huge asking price. Um, but I, I, I'm i still not 100% convinced by Dahlberg, by the way. But with 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 Schick, I am. And I think mm. he's perfect for the Premier League. So I would like to see him. So when these transfer shows come back, I I do expect to hear a lot more about Patrick Schick this summer.
0: Well, watch this space. I tell you what, uh, I'm excited about the uh, Euros, but very excited about uh, next February. I think it's February the 8th, isn't it, Tom? Cheltenham Town against Sunderland. We're going to go my <laughs> lo- local club, kind of adopted club, still a United Fab, but I'll go down to Wadden Road. That's gonna, That's. going to. I'm looking forward to that. It's a big one. I know it's frustrating for you not to be up in the, in the championship and working your way back towards the Premier League, but it's a cool thing about the pyramid in England, isn't it? That we get to see Cheltenham against Sunderland. We should have a, a good Tuesday evening out as well.
1: Uh, I can't wait for that. The the thing Sunderland are now it, having, gonna be in their fourth season in League One and it's it's painful. Wow. It's painful considering that when we when when England lost to Iceland in the 2016 um uh Euros,
0: hmm.
1: that meant Roy Hodgson lost his job and Sam Allardyce was taken from Sunderland uh yeah. and, and took the England job. And Didn't he was he really was the one for us at Sunderland. He'd only taken over in October or November, and he kept us up, but his signings were brilliant. His his style of football was perfect, and people think that Sam Allardyce plays long ball and boring football. Not at Sunderland, he didn't. Mm. He sorted out the defence and got pace up front, and he had Jermaine Defoe with two pacey wingers alongside him and said, right, wingers get the ball run at players get your head up find Defoe and it was yeah. it was really we had three really good central midfielders who they'd get the ball they'd look forward a lot of mm. midfielders who uh, this isn't a criticism but they'll they'll play sideways and back yeah under Allardyce the midfielders get their head up and they look forward they look forward to the pacey wingers and at that time Jermaine Defoe and and it was brilliant and we still blame that defeat to Iceland on the fact that we are where we are. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> we, 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 we believed that we were, we were under no danger in the Premier League, no, no danger of getting relegated under Allardyce. But yeah. We felt the only way was up under Allardyce and we lost him. And since then, we, got, we had um, back-to-back relegations and have three times failed to, to get promoted from League One. Um, and as frustrating as it is, the seasons that we've spent in League One I have really enjoyed them because some of the away grounds I've been to, I would have never been to before. Rochdale yeah. Away was brilliant. Accrington Away, they treated us so well. Really? Um, Wickham Away, which is actually quite close to where I live. Yeah. Although it's a nightmare to get to, they've got like a, a it, it, I think they call it a fan zone, but it's just a big tent. And <laughs> they make sure that they make sure that there's no queues. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, it's actually packed full of Sunderland fans because they know, that, I think Wickham gave us 50% of the ground. Fantastic. And, we were with and, and they thought, right, well, you're going to come here and spend your money. So they'd, they'd have the, the, the pints lined up um, <laughs> and, and so that no one was queuing because that made they made more money. The, the staff was so friendly. And mm-hmm. these grounds are ones that like, – and, and, and as soon as Cheltenham got promoted, I said to you, didn't I, we're yeah. going to that game next season. Brilliant. And I can't wait for that. Cambridge went up. I can't wait to go to Cambridge away as well. And they, they, they actually provide really, really good days or evenings, even though we're in League One. Um, so I, I can't complain too much. You know, that's a, the, the the silver lining to the absolute massive cloud of being in League One.
0: Yeah, no, it must yeah. be frustrating for you as a big club, but that's the beauty of the pyramid as well, isn't it? You've got these huge clubs that end up in League One or even League Two. And one of my best friends from universities, is a Sheffield Wednesday fan from Yorkshire. He's going to come down as well next season. So it'd be quite cool for... For, certainly for Cheltenham fans' excitement, but you get those those lower-level clubs as well. You get the real community feel to them and the people who work there, as you say, proper salt of the earth. Tom, I know you're at work. You've got to go, but tell me what's going to happen. What do you think? Italy, Spain, England, Denmark? Can you can I push you for prediction or are you sitting on the fence with England? Yeah.
1: No, no, you're all right. I think, um, I, I think Italy have been, although Spain can beat anyone, I think Italy have been better than them in this tournament. So I'm going to go Italy to beat Spain. Um, if, you want a specific one, I'll go 2-1 but I haven't given that much thought, but I think Italy <laughs> will do it. With England Denmark, I am going to say I'm actually going to say 1-0 Denmark as much Ooh. as I don't want to say that. And I have said whoever scores first will win. I yeah. have said that. Yeah. I'll go 1-0 Denmark but I really, really hope these words come back to haunt will, me. Will you be okay? Will I'm, you be okay, okay after that?
0: Two,
1: no. <laughs> I I would, it, it, it doesn't hurt me as much as when Sunderland lose. No. But I, I, I take it into account what's happened to Christian Eriksen. The only, the only team I could accept losing to would be Denmark. But I really, really hope I'm wrong. And mm. it's actually us that win. But yeah. I am going to go Denmark 1-0. Yeah,
0: and like nine... 15, 14, 15, 17, or whatever it was in the 90s. I probably won't cry this time. So we'll see. But yeah. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be at Sky tomorrow night. Envious of you being at Wembley, but Tom, really appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing your sports news over the next couple of days, mate. Cheers, bud. Great stuff, Ed. Thank you. always brilliant to speak with people who are passionate about something isn't it and tom's passion burns through for football he does get very very deplete i've spoken to uh people nearest th- dearest to him about his, uh, his his dejection after sunderland lose and he's had a tough few years so i know it can hit him emotionally but hopefully the england defeat if he predict it's interesting he predicted that one nil to demo i think it's a tough team as he says the trauma of the christian eric card- christian ericsson cardiac arrest in the first game in copenhagen against finland Subsequent loss to Finland. I suppose you can scratch that off. They lost to Belgium, but then it's 10 goals in the last three games for Denmark. And they, they sort of edged past Czech Republic, but seemed in control a lot. So it's a stern challenge for England. Maybe he's playing kind of um, devil's advocate. Maybe it's sort of uh, trying to jinx it the other way by predicting Denmark to win. I don't know. But it's great to have his passion, his knowledge, his history. Very similar to me in, in the terms of, I said, that sort of kernel of, of love for for football that sort of began in, in terms of the professional game at the 90, the anguish of that and how those players from that tournament, I suppose, live on in sort of reverence for them. But as, as he says, it was difficult in Italian 90, difficult moments, difficult moments at Euro 96, despite getting to semi-finals. And in, in, in the World Cup a few years ago, England, of course, lost to Belgium in the group stage. It wasn't plain sailing. Then got Colombia in the penalty shootout. So far, been pretty comfortable. We'll see how they get on against Denmark. Italy, Spain should be fantastic. Hopefully, Chiellini will be tied out if Italy do get past Spain, so Raheem Sterling can run him in the final on Sunday. Big weekend coming up. Uh, Also in MMA, big weekend, Conor McGregor takes on Dustin Poirier 3, the trilogy match, and I've been speaking... To John Gooden, who's a UFC commentator about that, and Nick Hobbs, a Sky Sports reporter. So I'll put that preview up. We did it for Sky, but they're going to share the audio with me over the next few days for you to listen to here if you're of interest. Big event. And McGregor, certainly a crossover star from MMA, one of the pioneers in terms of popularizing it. So uh, that will be good. But thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to Tom for his time. And thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Go to Bang Olufsen Cheltenham's website, B&O underscore Cheltenham on Twitter and Instagram and uh, check them out. And also, if you are looking to optimize your immunity, final piece of the picture, particularly as we get it back into full swing, as Tom was saying there, hopefully July the 19th, they're saying it's on. Restrictions gone. Don't have to wear masks if you don't want to. But do think about your health as well. It's been a, lo- a wake-up call over the last year and get the sleep, get the nutrition, get the exercise. But also maybe the final piece of that jigsaw is the supplementation, particularly if you believe, like my father, the trace elements are lacking in our soil at the moment, in the UK at least. You have to check the soil where you live if you're not in the UK. Um, but it's cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, draper10r is a discount code d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numerals one zero and the capital letter r i take immune complete two, which is holistic multivitamin vitamin and fish oil every day that's my kind of pattern but you each to his own thank you for listening to the podcast guys if you enjoyed it if you can rate it on itunes whatever platform you're listening on that would be great you can email me hello at drapermedia.co.uk with feedback ed draper81 on twitter ed underscore draper81 on Instagram just mention it to a friend if you enjoy it as well always appreciate it and that's powerful I think when you get a recommendation from someone you trust isn't it thank you for listening bye for now guys enjoy the football and all the sport this week at Wimbledon big crowds on centre court capacity crowds feels like we're coming awake again as a country and a world hopefully it's good where you are thank you for listening bye for now